Last week, I began a new series of sermons entitled Fulfilled, and we began by taking a look at uh, gratitude and the importance of gratitude in living a fulfilled life. This week, we're going to dig more deeply into gratitude, what it means and why it makes a difference in our lives. And let's begin with a word of prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord, our God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So what is gratitude? I'll start with a different question. So what are you grateful for? So now you get to help me preach the sermon right now, okay? So what are you grateful for? Just shout it out. What are you grateful for? Okay. So if I think about my life, there's a lot of things that I'm grateful for. I'm sure that's true with you as well. There's a lot of things I'm grateful for. Some of those things are big things. Some of them are little things. The feeling of gratitude that I have, well, the emotions that go into it are different depending upon the circumstance for which I'm grateful. A few years ago, some of you will remember our son Andrew got very ill. I know that many of you remember you were praying for him. He got really ill and he ended up in the hospital for a week or more and he kept getting worse and worse and we kept praying more and more. And finally, a doctor was able to diagnose his condition. And some treatments began, and it wasn't too long until we could start seeing improvements. And once we started seeing him improving, there was like this overwhelming sense of gratitude that just filled me. And, and as I think about that gratitude, if I dissect that gratitude, there were a lot of emotions in that feeling. Emotions of love for my son, appreciation for the doctors, relief that he was getting better, thankfulness to God that our prayers were being answered, happiness that he was going to be able to return home with his family. There was a lot of different emotions in that feeling of gratitude. At Christmas, our youngest children gave me some gifts, two sweaters and a warm shirt. And they were perfect, and I loved them. They were perfect. And I'm grateful for the gifts. And the feeling that I have, it's gratitude through and through. And when I dissect it, the emotions that are a part of this gratitude are love for my children, appreciation for their thoughtfulness. Those emotions are a little bit different than what I felt when I was grateful for Andrew's healing. Gratitude, at its simplest, is a feeling. But it's made up of a complex set of different kinds of emotions depending upon the circumstance for which we are grateful. It can include things like love, appreciation, gladness, enjoyment. It can also include things like relief, anxiety, fear. All these things can go into a feeling of gratitude. I'm grateful that you're all here today. And I'm grateful to be in church with you today. But this sense of gratitude that I have for being in church with you today, it doesn't include any fear. I have no fear about us being here today. 
It doesn't include any relief. Well, maybe a little. I mean, pastors have this kind of recurring nightmare that you get ready for church, you do everything you're supposed to do, you show up and then nobody comes. So maybe there's a little relief in it. But mostly it's feelings of love, enjoyment, appreciation. Gratitude is a feeling that we have. But it's not only a feeling made up of different emotions, it's also an ethic. It's something that we do. And as something that we do, it's often something we want to share with others. I remember a couple of years ago when the Chicago Cubs won their first World Series in well over a hundred years. Now you have to understand what a big deal this was for, for me and for my family because we have generations of Cub fans. For over a hundred years, Devereaux have been saying at the end of the, of the baseball season, next year. And finally, next year came. It was late Wednesday night, November the 2nd, 2016, when the curse was broken. And we won the seventh game. Sorry, Cleveland Indian fans. We won the seventh game of the World Series. And what was the very first thing that I did? I called my father. I was just so grateful he got to be a part of seeing that. And I wanted to share that moment with him. The sense of gratitude. It's not only a feeling we have, it's something that we do. And while sometimes gratitude might just be a feeling and sometimes it might just be something we do and both of those things are gratitude, it requires both of them for gratitude to be fulfilled in our lives. There's a great story about this in the Bible. Some of you may remember this story from the book of Acts where there are 10 lepers who are crying out to Jesus to be healed. Jesus instructs them to go show themselves to a priest and it was on their way to showing themselves to a priest when they were healed. And I'm pretty confident that all of them were grateful. I mean, they all had been praying that they'd be healed. They all were begging to be healed, and suddenly they were healed. Yeah, they were grateful. But the story goes on that only one of them returned to give thanks to Jesus. And Jesus says, why did only one return? Where are the other nine? And then Jesus blessed the one who returned a second time. Feeling grateful? Acting upon that feeling of gratitude is gratitude being fulfilled. Both are important. But there's a little bit more to it than this because gratitude is something that can be personal. I'm grateful I was able to get up out of bed this morning. That's personal, right? But it can also be something as social, something that is experienced in the midst of community. It was January the 6th, 2013, when a lot of us gathered in this building here, we filled it up in order to consecrate our brand new sanctuary, this miracle that had taken place that we got to be a part of, building this sanctuary at the low point in the downturn of the economy. And we gathered together, we filled it up, and we were grateful. 
We wanted to be here to thank God and to thank each other. And you could feel the excitement in the room as we gathered. But it wasn't just excitement. That excitement was simply one of the things that made up this more profound sense of gratitude. And it was together, together, that we experienced the most gratitude. As we gathered together in our community, we experienced the most gratitude. Well, that kind of gratitude you got to do something about, right? And so we did, and we challenged ourselves, and we took a special offering in order to help rebuild the sanctuary of a Methodist church that got flooded out by Hurricane Sandy, and we did that. Gratitude is personal. It's also something we experience in community. It's something we feel. It's something we do. So what is gratitude? Well, it's kind of complex, isn't it? Kind of complex, but for Christians, for Christians, I can add to this that for Christians, gratitude is also a virtue. It's a characteristic of the Christian life. And it's something that grows and grows and grows within us because of the work of God in our lives. Increasingly, God is helping us to become more and more grateful. And for Christians, this gratitude that becomes a characteristic of our lives, it is born out of a recognition of what God has done for us. It's born out of a recognition of how good God is, how much we need God in our lives, what God has done for us in Christ Jesus, our Lord, it's grown out of a recognition of what forgiveness means to our lives, what salvation means to our lives, what the victory of God means to our lives. And the more aware we are of, the, of all that God has done, the more there wills up within us the sense of gratitude, increasingly beginning to become a very kind of quality of our lives. Now, I don't know if this is true for you, but it's true for me. One of the reasons that I'm here today, maybe one of the reasons you're here today, is because of gratitude. Let's turn our attention to the reading of Scripture. My first Scripture lesson this morning comes from the first chapter of Genesis. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Our second reading comes from the 21st chapter of Revelation. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning 
and the end. To the thirsty I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. And from the 22nd chapter, the spirit and the bride say, come. And let everyone who hears say, come. And let everyone who is thirsty come. Let anyone who wishes take the water of life as a gift. This has been the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So Dennis read from the first page of the Bible and the last page of the Bible there. That was great. The things in between are important too, just so you know. Okay. <laughs> About three years after Jerry and I were married, we purchased some land, some acreage, about 20 miles west of Flagstaff, Arizona. You'd take four service roads to get to it through some thick ponderosa pine forests. And then you'd enter into a prairie. It was called Government Prairie. And that's where we purchased the land. It was at 8,000 feet elevation, so the air was clear and crisp. To the north of us, you could see Kendrick Peak. To the east of us, the San Francisco Peaks. One of my favorite things about living there was taking walks across the property early in the morning. A herd of antelope would bed down in the back of the property and as I'd walk, you'd see them dancing in the morning light with the San Francisco peaks, the mountains in the distance, the blue skies. But my favorite part of walking on the property was this sense of closeness. I just felt like God was close, that I was close to God. Who am I that you are mindful of me, O oh God? I look to the stars, the psalmist says. At 8,000 feet, there's a billion stars. I look to the stars, the mountains and the blue skies. What are human beings that you would be mindful of us? And yet God is. God has called you by name. God is mindful of us. In the Genesis chapter 1, we hear... That God said, let there be the sun and the moon and the stars. Let there be the mountains and the blue skies. And let there be human beings, you and me. The first gift of creation, the first gift of God that has been given to us is the gift of life itself. We didn't do anything to cause ourselves to be alive. And we didn't do anything to warrant us being alive. And yet here we are, as a gift, God said, let there be. And here we are, you and me. And every circumstance of life that we experience, and the circumstances of life can vary a lot, but every circumstance of life that we experience, we experience only because we received this gift. It all comes back to this gift. Taking a walk in the early morning, enjoying the mountains and the blue sky with antelope dancing in the distance is only possible because of this gift. And feeling a sense of closeness, feeling the very presence of God, it's only possible because God gave the gift of life to you and to me. And taking time to think back and to remember those moments that 
are so sacred to us. That's only possible because we've been given this moment, because of this gift that God has given us. And now here we are, gathered together in this sanctuary, yet another moment of our lives. And this moment, right now, it's only possible because God is mindful of you. And the more aware we are of this gift that God has given us, this life, the mindfulness of God, the more aware we are of that, the more we are aware that this gift that was given to us wasn't just given to us. It was given to others beyond us. People we know and people we don't know. The more mindful we are of that, how God has given the same gift that we have received to others, the more we begin to recognize just how sacred our lives are together. The second gift of, of God is community. The first gift was life. The second gift, that we don't have to live it alone, the gift of community. About five or six months ago, I preached on Thanksgiving. And at that time, I made a challenge to folks here in the church. I challenged you to keep a gratitude journal, to take some time each day to write down some things that you're grateful for with the understanding that when we focus on things that we are grateful for, we begin to see even more that we're grateful for. But more than that, we also begin to recognize the presence of God at work throughout our days, throughout our life. And some of you took the challenge. Some of you challenged friends on Facebook, Jeanette, right? Okay. So now I want to give you another challenge. This one's more specific, more specific. It's actually two things I'm going to ask you to do. The first one will take you two or three minutes a day. Very simple. Each day, take a couple of minutes, think about one person in your life who has impacted your life and has somehow made your life better. Think about that one person. Think about them long enough to start feeling a sense of gratitude for that person and then thank God for that person. That's it. Okay. Today, think about one person, the impact that person has had on your life how it's made your life what it's become, okay? Tomorrow, think of a different person. The day after, think of a different person. I'm going to ask you to do this for one week. One week. So seven people over the next seven days. The next Sunday when you come back, we'll talk about why this kind of practice is important, what difference it can make for us in our own lives. But to start off, each day, think of one person that you're grateful for, Feel a sense of gratitude. Thank God. If you feel moved to do something about it, remember gratitude often is something you have to do it, do something with. So if you feel moved to do something about it, then text the person, email the person, drop the person a note, let them know you're thinking about them, you're thankful for the person. That's it. The first thing. But now the second thing. Because the gifts that God has given us are more than life and community, although everything comes from those gifts. 
that the gifts that God has given us are more than the gifts of life and of community because the reality is that there are times where we mess up the gift of life that's been given to us. And there are times where we mess up community when we do things that work against community where we hurt other people. And we know that. And so another one of the gifts of God is that God does for us what we can't do for ourselves, sending Jesus into this world to take upon that brokenness that we can be free, that we can be free and that we can live an abundant life in community and peace with one another. And there's more gifts of God than that. For we know that for each and every one of us, there will come a time when the circumstances of life will be such when we will be taking our last breath. And the gift of life that we now know will come to an end. We know that. But the giver of all good gifts, God, isn't finished giving gifts to us. For taking our last breath on this earth is simply a transition to yet another gift, maybe the greatest gift of all, the great reward, our place with the saints, living in the very presence of Almighty God. The gift of life continues. The gift of community continues. And the gift of dwelling in the presence of God continues. And so here's the second thing I want to ask you to do. Each day, take a couple of minutes. So now we're up to about five minutes a day. That's all I'm really asking of you, about five minutes a day. But each, each day, take a couple of minutes and think about something God has done for you. One thing and what it means to your life. And then give thanks to God. Think about one thing God's done for you and what it means to your life. So maybe you want to think about what forgiveness means to your life. Maybe you want to think about what salvation means to your life. Maybe you want to think about what the victory of God over fear and death means to your life. Maybe you want to think about the meaning of God being with you always, what that means to your life. Maybe you want to think about the promise of eternal life, what that means to you. But think about one thing God's done to you, what it means to your life, and give thanks to God. If it makes you feel like wanting to do something, do something good for another person that day. Okay? That's it. Those two things. Next week we'll talk about them some. But as we focus upon what we're thankful for, the lives of people who, who's, who bless us, but also about the ways that God is at work, what we begin to experience is a sense of gratitude welling up within us. And the more gratitude becomes a characteristic of our lives, the more fulfilled our lives become. Which in the end, this fulfillment, it's simply another gift of God. Thanks be to God. Amen? Amen.